Hey there, folks. Welcome to episode 14 of A Pebble in a Pond podcast. My name is Daniel, and in this episode we're going to be talking about something that we all need to have in spades, and yet it is very difficult to hold on to. Today we're going to be talking about hope. And we'll start right away with a quote, and this one really should set us up for, uh, for a little bit for this episode. This is a quote from Tertullian of Carthage. He said, Hope is patience with the lamplit. I think that's important when we are defining hope to understand exactly what it is. Uh, not just the dictionary definition, but what it feels like and the way that we define it in, in ourselves. The dictionary definition of hope is to wish for a particular event that one considers possible. Now, keep in mind that one considers possible is a major part of that. There is a difference between hope and wishful thinking. Uh, a lot of people tend to kind of put the two of them together or, or think of hope as just being this uh, fruitless pursuit of something you know, out there, something nebulous. That's not really what hope is. Um, hope is seeing something that you need or something that you want and, you know, whether it be an outcome, it's very rarely an object, but, you know, an outcome or uh, a feeling or, you know, some sort of desire like that, seeing a path towards that and believing that there is a possibility that you can get there. That's what hope is. Hope is not like, I hope I win the lottery. That That's not, you're not really hoping. That's just wishful thinking, right? You you wish you could win the lottery, but there's no actual path to that other than getting, you know, the one in 292 million chance. That's it. That, there's no actual hope. There's no working towards that. So why choose the, the quote, hope is patience with the lamplit? Well, because I think that as we move into the episode, before I play the music, I think I want to make sure that I, I tell everybody exactly what you're going to get in this episode. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat the, the, the problems that I have with hope at times. Um, I, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna have some, uh, negativity towards quotes or t towards, <laughs> towards, uh, hope, not towards quotes. We never have negativity towards quotes here. Um, you're going to have some negativity and not in, not, I'm not trying to hate on it. I just want to make sure that both sides of what hope can do and what it can be is discussed here. I know that people will see hope and think, oh, it's going to be an uplifting, positive episode, and we are going to have that. That's going to be there. But I want to be realistic about the detrimental effects of hope, uh, right along the lines of kind of a toxic positivity type of thing. So uh, I just wanted to, to make that clear, and, and, and that quote kind of encapsulates that, because the reality is, is that hope, you can hope for whatever you want to. And if you're patient and determined, hope is kind of pointless to a certain degree. Now, it'll, it'll fuel you. It'll get you there. But really all it is is you being able to kind of see your path. That's what hope allows you to do um, so that you're not stumbling around in the dark. That's where the lamplit part of it comes in. Hope kind of guides us. And there's other things that can guide us, but hope is one of those things that you can carry with you at all times in the darkest of darks and it will 
It'll be the warm light that helps you see your way through. With that, let's start the music. Now let me just say this, that I we're through the music and we're ready to go here. Uh, there's nothing better than starting your podcast with a, uh, a topic and then shitting on that topic immediately. <laughs> That's not at all what I'm trying to do. I just thought I'd try to grab people's attention by saying that hope is pointless. Um, anyway, let's get a little bit deeper into what hope is before we really, really get rolling here. Um you know, I, I gave the dictionary definition, and like I said, I think that it's important to understand what it means to each individual. And so the best way to kind of uh, define it outside of just the simple dictionary definition is to understand that hope is the thing that leads us to other traits that we find, well, that you know, most society finds to be admirable. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean, hope is the reason, or one of the reasons why people find patience, why people have patience, and patience is widely considered to be a good thing. Hope is one of the fueling uh, factors behind uh, determination. You find it a lot easier to stick with something and to continue fighting uh, for something if you have hope. Uh, Courage. Courage. A lot of the, the courageous behavior that you see or you read or you experience yourself, that comes with with some hope in it. You know, you're hoping to make a difference. You're hoping to make a change. Hope uh, is one of the, the things that brings about and um, fuels enthusiasm and uh, purpose. It's, I can't, I can't really say this in any way without sounding uh, hyperbolic, I guess, but um, it really is one of the single most important uh concepts or ideas or emotions uh, that humans feel. Why do I qualify this comment by saying humans feel? Why do I qualify that? Uh, Well, because we don't know. There's no actual proof that uh, other animals in the animal kingdom necessarily feel hope the same way that humans do. Now, they feel anticipation. They feel excitement. Uh, they're knowledgeable of, you know, things to come and they get, they get worked up over it, but it's, it's, uh, the way that humans feel hope, uh, is something that it, it's just hard to prove. And, uh, you know, we can feel, we can, we have, we have our, we can, you know, kind of infer our own, uh, our own ideas and, and emotions on animals, but without proof of it, it's difficult. Now, keep in mind, this is coming from somebody who's got a plethora of pets and has a lot of interactions with animals in the wild and things like that. So it's um, it, it's coming from a place of uh, not, not trying to diminish animals in any way. I mean, that's not at all what I'm trying to do here. Uh, but hope and the way that humans experience hope and the way that we need hope almost as, as a, uh, a means of survival, uh, that is not something 
that you see in the animal kingdom too often. And so I, I just thought I'd touch on that because it, there are, you know, for most of these other things that we talk about, there there's kind of through lines that you can kind of trace to the animal kingdom. You know, animals certainly love. Animals certainly, you know, value certain behaviors and certain things. And they, you know, th- they hold those things up and they have societies and all that stuff. But hope, the way that, you know, the dictionary defines it and the way that we're defining it here, um, that's not something that you see in the animal kingdom. It is a pretty much a solely human experience. So why why do an episode about hope? Why talk about hope? Well, hope is one of those things that I, I believe... It, it sounds weird to say it this way. Uh, I believe that we need... Uh, it is a necessity of life. It's a necessity because, um, you know, we all, part of the human condition, part of what, what we all go through in this existence is turmoil. We struggle. We we have heartbreak. We have, uh, you know, all sorts of trials and tribulations that, that make being human difficult. Uh, you know, obviously people or everybody's life is different and everybody's challenges are different, but one of the... Uh, one of the things that allows us to make it through all of that struggle and strife is hope. Now, I'm going to give you an example here of what I'm talking about. And uh, some of you will get it, and some of you may, may, may struggle with this. One of the, one of the uh, interesting things about hope is it's... Um, it is a driving force in almost every relationship that you will ever have. It is the thing that kind of keeps a relationship together. Hope is what you go into every relationship. And this I'm talking about specifically romantic relationships here, but this can go for friendships as well. Hope is what you start everything with. Um, when you go in and you meet somebody, there, you know, and you you have the intention of you know, maybe starting a relationship of any sort, you're hoping you see a path, you see, you see the things about them, the attributes, the attributes that you uh, appreciate, that you know what they appreciate in you, you know, as long as there's an honest, open communication, then you kind of can develop a path towards a relationship in the future. You really do start to see it. Uh, you know, we call those fantasies, we call them, you know, whatever, but, but what they are is they're you whether whichever partner you are in, in a relationship with, you know, you and your partner, you both will have these individual, you know, fantasies or aspirations for a relationship. And so you'll start to d- develop hope for that future. Now, that is a wonderful thing because it kind of sets you into a into motion. You start to go through the day by day. You start to develop all the little things that you appreciate and that you love and that you, you know, so on and so forth. But all of this is done with a guiding hope for a future, for the next day, for whatever it may be. Now, that's not a conscious thing. No, we don't necessarily go into it saying, well, I, I'm going to hope for this, but you will find yourself saying, I hope, you know, I hope that this works out. I hope that, you know, all the time spent isn't worthless. I hope that, we can work this out. I, you know, you use the term a lot, but you don't necessarily go into it with that uh, ex- exact, you know, intention of hope. You don't. Nobody ever does that. You don't say, "I'm going to hope for this." At least not in this this particular case. But what happens 
And what I mean by a necessity is what happens when you start to lose hope in a relationship? Now, women especially, women will start to lose hope in a relationship very slowly. You know, it kind of slowly peels away. It kind of, you know, little little things here and there. Uh, and the, so their the amount of hope that they have, like their hope reserve, if you will, kind of slowly peels away and slowly gets smaller and smaller. And as they start to lose hope, they stop doing as much in a relationship. They stop, you know, they stop being whatever part of the relationship they are. Men are a little bit different. Men, men don't tend to lose hope gradually. Men tend to hold on to that hope as long as they possibly can. And then once they realize that they can no longer hold on to hope, they throw everything away. They, they have no, no hope anymore. They're, it is gone. And once hope for a man is gone, there is no going back. Now, a lot of men will kind of hold a glimmer of hope, as they call it. A lot of men will, once again, this is talking about in, in like romantic relationships. A lot of men will hold on to a glimmer of hope. But a lot of that is usually ego-driven and not necessarily because they really uh, necessarily want to, you know, because once, once you've depleted that, all of that beautiful driving hope that you have, once it's mostly gone, and, you know, you'll, you, these are all terms, you'll, you, these are all things that you've heard before, and there's a reason why you've heard them. But, but when, when all that hope is gone, there's really not much left. You can love each other. You can respect each other. You can admire each other. But if you don't have hope, the relationship is over. And and so it it is it is very very important that if you're in a relationship with someone, that all of those things that you do, all of the things that you do to make them feel appreciated and loved and you know confident about the future. All of all of these things, you know, safe, secure, all of those things really do feed into the concept of hope. Because if somebody has hope in a relationship, then they will, all of those other things can be worked on. All of those other things can be figured out. All of those other things can be, they're like varying le- levels. If you need to, if you need somebody to feel more safe, then you can make somebody feel more safe but you can't necessarily imbue them with hope. That's something that, that is very difficult to give to some people. Now, the best way in a relationship especially, uh, since we're using that example, the best way to rekindle hope in a relationship is just through communication, just being as open and honest as you can and making sure that there is a, a path, uh, the, a shared path forward. Now, once, once again, once somebody loses hope, once, especially, especially a woman, once she loses hope, that may be impossible to ever get back. Um, like I said, men discard everything. So you have to start over with a man and that requires, you know, you're basically, um, starting in the negative because now not only do they not have that hope, any, any glimmer or any shred of hope they're holding on to is not going to be enough, but they also, um, (laughs) <laughs> they all you basically start in the negative because now they're holding it against you usually that's not the, the case every time but so I, why do i use the relationship uh as a, as an example here why am i talking about that at all because it's something that most people 
can understand. You know, if you if you take and you try, you're we're trying to quantify hope. We're trying to put it into situations where we can really see it at work. And when I was going through and I was reading a bunch of stuff about this, that was one of those things that I was having a hard time doing. Uh, you know, you can you can quantify so many things. You can really put a kind of a parameter around so many things. But hope is not one of those things. Hope escapes. Hope is is so. Uh, I don't know, effervescent, uh, is that, I don't know if it's bubbly or not, but you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that just always escapes whatever box you want to kind of put it in. And the only thing I could really find that, that, that made sense, uh, in almost every scenario was relationships, was the hope that we have at the beginning of a relationship. And what you find is that, uh, almost across the board, one of the things that ends relationships is one side or the other or both losing hope they just don't see a hopeful path forward and so you lose your ability to fight for the relationship you lose the ability to not necessarily care but you know you 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 start to lose that patience you start to lose even kindness um, because you just don't have hope for it it almost seems and here's where we get to that word hopeless it does. It seems hopeless. And that can create all sorts of problems. We can't talk about hope without talking about hopelessness. And as somebody who has struggled with depression as long as I have, hopelessness is a key component in my life. It is, it, it for years, it was a driving force in my life. And uh, I know it very, very well. So while I'm sitting here speaking about hope, there is this specter of hopelessness standing behind me, mocking me. Like, you don't know anything about hope. And I, I'm, I'm telling you that genuinely. I sit here and I talk about this, and I, to a certain degree, I feel like a fraud. And, and I mean, I feel like a fraud because I just, I've never been a very hopeful person. I've never, I mean, I've, when, like I said before, the wishful thinking thing, I, I definitely play lottery, but I don't do it with hope in my heart. I do it because one in 292 million is better than one in zero. That's really the only reason. But the, uh, the idea of hope has been foreign to me for a good portion of my life. And that includes, uh, even, even my relationships, um, which is, you know, when I started to kind of read about this and, and I saw that, that discussion about relationships being a good, uh, metric for hope, I had to really, do a, you know, kind of a deep dive into my own life. And that's when I realized that, you know, you can really see, like, I could really start to kind of path, you know, chart out, I guess the word would be, I could chart out the, the points in time when I, I knew that I had been my most desperate, my most depressed, my most, like my absolute worst person that I was. Um, and, and there was a, an absolute, um, parallel to relationship status, and it, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that, but it was always, it was always that I, I just didn't have any hope. And I, and because of that, I couldn't fight for the things that I wanted or that I needed. Uh, I, I would oftentimes just, you know, when somebody would say, I love you, I would, I couldn't even respond because I just, I didn't feel it. I didn't, there was no feeling of that, of that love coming through to me. I didn't, it never hit me. And because I didn't, feel loved and I didn't feel worthwhile really uh I lost hope 
I lost hope not just in the relationship, but in life in general. So it's important when we talk about hope to understand that there is an immediate counterbalance to hope. And somewhere along the line, between these two concepts, which are really the same concept, but uh, these two uh, these two words about the concept, we have to understand that it's a balance. Now, this is where we start to get into maybe some of the negative aspects of hope. So, you know, the, you know not just the hopelessness of it, but the, the kind of toxic positivity that I was talking about earlier. It is possible to have hope in your heart for something. <laughs> and trust me, this is coming from lots of experience on this one that you know is not realistic. You start out with a realistic path. You start out understanding that there is a way for this to happen. But then, because of the nature of this world, there's all sorts of obstacles and all sorts of uh, things that get in your way and and opinions and ideas and other people's egos and things like that that will get in the way and make it so that your hope turns more into the wishful thinking kind of thing where you're basically rolling the dice because you really don't have a path forward, but you, you, you don't want to give up because you hoped, right? Like you had hope at one point in time and you don't want to give up on that hope, no matter how, <laughs> how unlikely it is to happen. And so you end up throwing yourself into situations and into ideas and into uh, momentum over something that maybe you shouldn't. And I don't mean you should give up that don't, don't ever say, don't ever take anything I say on this podcast or my TikToks or anything like that as give up. That's not at all what I mean. What I mean is we have a limited capacity. We have a limited amount of energy and time and, um, uh, yeah, energy and time. Uh, we have a limited amount of things that we can throw into people and ideas and, you know, it, experiences. And because of that, because of the limited resources that we each have, we have to be very careful not to, not to throw ourselves so far into something that is hopeless. Just because we don't feel the hopelessness yet, that doesn't mean that it's not hopeless. And I'm not at all trying to tell somebody to give up. Again, I want to make that clear. I want to make sure that it is understood that in the way that hopelessness can just destroy you slowly over time, having too much hope in something that is not feasible, it means that you're no longer hoping. You're just wishing. And that doesn't really accomplish anything. And that doesn't really move the bar. Now, what you can do is take the little steps to kind of rekindle or start to try to peel away and find the path through hope. Hope is a very powerful thing in that, in that sense where oftentimes the world, the people, whatever it may be, will come down around you and you won't be able to see a path out. And all you have to hold on to is your hope, your hope of change, your hope of making a difference, your hope of whatever it may be. And, if you hold on to that hope and you wait, then maybe, maybe you'll find a way out. But if you hold on to hope and you wait for too long, then that hope will start to die. And then you'll just be alone and in the dark.
And that's why hope is patience with a lamp lit. Because that lamp will last a really long time in the dark. And it will give you something to hold on to. And it will make you feel warm and safe. And it will make, make it so that you can see long enough to try to find a way out. But sooner or later that lamp is going to run out. And if you have not moved, if you have not made any changes, if you have not found something new or a new path, then you're just going to be alone and in the dark. And that, that is the, the height of hopelessness. That is the height of desperation. And that's when people like me start to do things that they shouldn't do. And um, that they, you know, obviously will, <laughs> they won't regret it, but they will, they will affect the lives of the people around them and hurt people. The main reason why I wanted to make sure I got an episode about hope done um is because it's kind of the central piece to really everything I've been trying to do here uh, we're 14 episodes in and all I have is hope uh the, I've got 350 TikTok videos and 14 episodes of a podcast and I'm just getting started and all of it is based on hope now, the, the quote I'm going to use here um, is one that uh, is relatively recent. So uh, I, I know that I tend to pull from deep history a lot of times, but uh, this one is actually a quote by Michelle Obama. And she said, You may not always have a comfortable life, and you will not always be able to solve all of the world's problems at once, but don't ever underestimate the importance you can have because history has shown us that courage can be contagious and hope can take on a life of its own. That, uh, that quote, I, you know, I, I, I can't remember where I first heard. It. I think it was actually at, I don't know, one of Barack Obama's inauguration things, or I don't know, it was something like that. But I remember being in the room watching it on television and just being like moved by that sentiment, by that. And it's not, it's not, she's not saying anything new there. She's not, you know, reinventing the wheel or anything with that. But the way that she said it, the passion that she had when she said it, and the, that last, that last part, history has shown us that courage can be contagious and hope can take on a life of its own. That's what I'm doing here. That's what this podcast is about. That's what all of this really boils down to. I see a path. I see a, a realistic, feasible way to make the world a better place. I am one person. I can't go out and change the hearts and minds of, you know, millions of people. But what I can do is if you're hearing this, I can, I can talk to you and I can tell you how beautiful and powerful and important you are. I can explain to you how you may have spent a good portion of your life doing the things that society and, you know, whatever else tells you is the right thing to do. And you will be miserable. But if you just follow your heart, if you follow your passion, if you follow your dreams, if you take time to love and to accept and to really appreciate not just the people around you, but yourself and the the moments that you have, then 
you will find that you can change things around you. You can change things in your personal life. You can change the dynamics of the relationships around you. You can you can really start to believe in the magic that is our reality, the magic that is this wonderful, beautiful, gleaming ball of gas and water floating around in space. You really do start to feel your place in the universe. And, and once you get to that point, and I'm not even there yet, but once we get to that point, we will start to see these changes. We will start to understand exactly what it means to be courageous and what it means to have that hope for a better future, for a better world. This entire podcast, the name of it, A Pebble in a Pond, my, my TikTok channel, all of it, all of it is centered around hope. I am hoping that I can make a difference. I am hoping that I can maybe change a few minds. I can maybe help heal a few hearts. That's what I'm hoping for. And I see a realistic way of doing that. But I have to be able to reach people. I have to be able to get this message out. I have to be able to talk to people in a way that is honest and true. And that people understand that it's just coming from the heart. That's all it is. This entire thing is built on hope. And so when I sit here and I talk about hopelessness, I want you to understand that you know, in my search for trying to understand how I've arrived here, you know, three, four months ago, this never could have happened. I never could have allowed, I never would have allowed this to happen. My hopelessness was so great that I would never have been able to see a path through this. Never. I never could have put myself out here like this. I never could have made this. I never could have recorded myself like this. I never could have done the TikTok stuff. I never could have done it. My hopelessness was in control. I just didn't see it. But now, everything's different. I have, like I said, th over 350 videos, making three every day, or more every day. I'm, I'm pumping these out once every two weeks. Sometimes not on schedule, but as close as I can get. And I'm really trying as hard as I can to put as much out there as I can with the time that I have. I really do want to change this world as much as I possibly can in the time that I have. There's another quote that really fits this. It says, My hope still is to leave the world a bit better than when I got here. You know who said that? That was Jim Henson, the creator of the Muppets. Now, all that guy did was make puppets talk <laughs> and honestly just saying that that last sentence makes me want to hit myself is that all he did no you're talking about a man that inspired generations from the point in time that he started working the kermit puppet till now till forever until we no longer have the ability to tell the story of his puppets. This is a man that has inspired so many people to so many things and brought so much joy and so much uh, positivity into the world that, I mean, it's <laughs> the idea that a man like Jim Henson 
could say that my hope is to leave the world a bit better than when he got here. It tells you just how powerful hope can be. Because his hope became reality. And he has literally changed the world for the better. And there's no, there's literally no way that anybody can look at the Muppets or look at what Jim Henson did in his life and say, oh, well, what, what about this? Oh, what, there's, you know, what, there's, no, there's no drawbacks. There's no taking anything away from that man. He brought nothing but joy and happiness and an escape to literally billions of people. Over time, it will be billions of people. His life, his one life, changed the course of history with puppets. Now, think about that. If Jim Henson, using the magic of childhood wonder and the appreciation of fantasy can change the world in that way, then what's to stop you or I? What's to stop us? If we hope and we, we follow our hearts and we believe in ourselves and we believe in the message that we're trying to get out and we believe in the idea that it just takes one person, it just takes one person to have courage and hope and then they can affect the people around them. They can be the pebble. Each one of us can be the pebble that disrupts the pond just enough to make a massive sweeping change. Each one of us has the opportunity to do that in our lives. Each one of us has the ability to spread love and kindness and positivity and light into this world. And every single day that we don't do that is a day where everybody goes to bed with the world just a little bit darker than it could be. I'm not happy with that. I want this world to be a better place. And this is how I can do it. I appreciate everybody that listens and I appreciate everybody that watches my videos. And, you know, it's slowly growing and it's the message is slowly getting out there. And I know that I can sound self-important when I say things like the message and things like that. But that's not the intention. The intention is simply just to get these ideas into people's heads and make them start to act on them. Make it something so that it's not just, you know, oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, that's that seems nice. And then they just move on and they go back to doing whatever. I really want to, I really want to help create a, an awakening of people. I want people to understand their power. And not in like a, you know, a, a weird astrology tarot way. And I'm not, I'm not shitting on that stuff. I'm just saying like, you know, I'm talking about in a real, like in, in your heart, you feel it. You, that change, there's excitement. There's, there's, there's a tangible feeling of, it's going to happen. That's what I want. Now, I don't really have a whole lot of time left in the episode because I kind of went off there. <laughs> I, 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 I lost track and I got so excited about talking about the hope that I have for this whole thing and the hope that I have. You know, if you're listening to this, then you are part of that hope. You are literally holding my hand as I walk through all of this and I need every single person that hears this to understand how important you are and how much I appreciate you and that goes for the TikTok videos as well I mean they're obviously for me a 10 minute video is a bite size but 
uh, it's still a good, you know, it's still me. It's still a portion of me. And I'm hoping that between these two things and hopefully the other social medias, as I'm able to get them out and get them going, it's taking some time. But um, I'm hoping that, you know, more and more people will start to come along for the ride. And I can really start to see some changes and people start telling me their stories. I'm so excited for that. And I, I, I want to be able to tell more people's stories. That's, that's really what this is about. It's never about me. It's never been about me. My hope, my hope is that people start to understand that their voice, their story, what they bring into this world is what this is all about. Finding that magic, that power, your abilities, your voice, finding that and showing it to the world. That's what this is about. So what can we do? What can we do to rekindle hope? What can we do to keep keep it strong and keep reminding ourselves that it is the fuel that, that, that keeps us moving forward, that keeps us steady, that keeps us fighting against incredible odds, that keeps us wanting to change the world? What do we do? Well, because of the kind of nebulous nature of hope, there's not a whole lot out there. I mean, people have kind of greeting card uh, sentiments, you know, that, that, that are supposed to help. But there are actually a few things that have been kind of proven to if not if not necessarily rekindle hope but bring a positivity that will allow hope to kind of uh survive if you will and as long as hope survives it can build as long as you can keep hope in your heart for whatever it may be you can you can it will slowly rebuild as you start to make momentum as you keep your momentum and you start to make progress that hope will get greater and greater that's how you build hope progress, change, appreciation. So let's go through just a few things that I guess you could say exercises. They're not really exercises, just ideas, just things that you can do in your everyday life that are going to help you hold on to hope or rekindle hope or maintain whatever level of hope you have. One of the most important things is understanding that one of the the first things that kills hope is being overwhelmed and feeling that hopelessness seep in. Being overwhelmed emotionally, being stressed to the point that you just don't see a path. You just don't see a way forward. So simple things that you can do is just re- reduce your stress. Reduce the amount of stress you feel on a daily basis. Take, take you know, a minute. Take uh, two minutes. Sit quiet. Do breathing exercises. Go outside. Go for a walk and, you know, if you have a park or something like that. As they say, touch some grass. Um, If you need to reach out to friends, um, listen to music. Anything that you you can do to reduce your stress levels. Now, for me, uh, this is (laughs) counterintuitive, I know, to what I just said. But for me, I tend to work very well with stress. Stress doesn't really have the same effect on me. So for me, I want to I get in there and really, you know, 
I want to keep fighting. That's, that's how I work. Um, I've always been that way. Uh, stress doesn't tend to have the effect on me that it does on a lot of people. So for me, uh, it, it can be difficult. Uh, there's a lot of times when I will, I've had people in my life tell me, you know, I can't handle this and I will being who I am and not really understanding why everybody isn't like me. Uh, I will, <laughs> I'll keep pushing. I'll keep pushing and I'll keep pushing. And that, you know, that has caused a lot of problems in my life is because, you know, some people just are like, I need to step away. I need to, and I'll be like, why, why, why do you want to do that? I let's finish it. Let's get it done. So, you know, for me, this is actually, uh, as far as, uh, stress skills and things like that, this is something that I desperately need to learn to appreciate and, and work on. Uh, the idea of, you know, taking two minutes to breathe and things like that, you know, you would think that my blood pressure was through the roof and for a while it was, uh, but, but now it's not anymore. And <laughs> it's kind of funny how that works. But, uh, when I was, when I was feeling hopelessness and depression in my life, my was, that was when I was absolutely like my body was just falling apart. That was the, that was the stressor. But now that I'm, I'm hopeful and uh, you're not through the depression, but I understand that depression phase a lot more. And I know that I'm on the other side of it. The stress, stress just doesn't even bother me anymore. I, I welcome it. I get excited about getting into tough situations. So depending on which side of that you are on, or if you're in the middle, you know, just do the things you need to do to relieve that stress. I don't care what it is. Um, it doesn't matter what it is because each individual has their own stress relief. You know, there are some things I could say that would make this a, you know, a little bit more raunchy, but you know, people do those things to relieve, relieve stress. So if you have that outlet, go ahead and use that outlet too. But management of your stress is, is probably the single most important thing to holding on to your positivity and your hope. Beyond that, you know, and this also kind of leads with the, the stress thing as well is, you know, just live your life in a way that is healthier for you. Um, you know, we, we will often sink into poor habits when we're depressed or, you know, when we don't see a way forward. Uh, you know, people don't bathe as much. People don't eat as well. People don't exercise. Um, you, you really start to let yourself go. And I know this better than anybody does. Um, as I record this, I, I have, I still have in my, where I record, I still have, uh, there's just a pile of stuff in the corner that is, is I, I haven't been able to get the, um, I just haven't been able to go through it. Cause every time I start to, I, I start to get depressed because it, it's literally like a depression pile. It was, it's been there for months where I just look at it and I, you know, I, it's difficult to get through because I know that it, I kind of created, it was, it's like a pile of clothes and other stuff. And it's just, it's like just looking at it. It doesn't stress me out, but just, just looking at it and thinking, I got to clean that up. That stresses me out because I know that I'm going to start to have all these memories of, Oh, I threw this over here because of this. Or I, you know, so I'm, I start to have this recall of how I got there and when, you know, why this was there. And that, stresses me out. That gets me, I start to have anxiety over that. So I have a, a, like a literal reminder of how, I don't want to say slovenly, but you know, how you can kind of really let yourself go. You can really allow things to get out of hand in your life and with your body. Um, and that, 
you know, if you start to take care of those things, if you get up and you, you, you shower, you know, you, you enjoy, you know, getting up, doing the thing, brushing your teeth, brushing your hair, whatever you need to do, you know, make yourself feel good that way. Uh, get out, go for a walk, go for, you know, if you, if you go to the gym, whatever it may be, those are all things. And, you know, it seems, it seems like those are right in line with the, the stress relief stuff and they are, but more importantly, these are the things that people do to make themselves happy. You know, there's a difference between relieving stress and being happy. You can relieve stress and just kind of stay at a baseline, not really be truly happy, but we're talking about doing things that truly make you happy. And this is scientific here. You know, if you go to the gym or you go for a walk or whatever it is, your body actually produces hormones that will make you happy. And so that's what we're looking for here. You know, control your stress and then find things that make you happy. If you, you know, like I said, if you listen to music and that makes you happy, do that. If you, if you play an instrument, do that. If you, you know, if you enjoy going out and sitting in your car for two hours and making TikTok videos, then do that. I don't really enjoy that, but it is get, starting to get fun. Um, if if you're somebody like me who uh, kind of feeds off that kind of human connection, go out. Go to the grocery store. Go to the, you know, the, the gas station. Go, well, maybe not the gas station. That can be kind of sketchy. But, you know, you, you go to places where people are. Go sit at a, you know, a fast food place and just, just be uh, be available for people. When you, when you go, I say fast food place intentionally. That's not, I'm not saying go to a restaurant. I'm saying go to a place where you know that people are not necessarily, um, where they don't necessarily feel gratitude, where they don't necessarily feel love. You go to almost any fast food place in this entire country and, uh, the people that work there will feel shitty. Like they're, they're in a shitty job. The people that come in, treat them like shit. Um, you know, they, they're not really happy with what they're doing. They don't make a lot of money. Uh, they're just doing it to get by. And the people that go in there, a lot of people, a lot more than you'd like to think, treat them horribly. That's something we need to change. And that's something that I've, I've talked about before and something that, but if you can go in there and you can lift their spirits up, you know, just, just go up to the counter, order your food, and then just talk to people. Just be like, Hey, you know, how you doing? You know, you, how you feeling? You okay? I really appreciate you guys making this food for me. I promise you two things. You're going to make their day better. One and two, your food is going to be the best you've ever had there because they will put in the extra effort. Now make sure that you start rub, you know, start making them feel good before they start making your food. Otherwise you won't get that second benefit. But but if you can really go in there, and if you go in there enough, if you become a regular, those they they will be so excited to see you. You will get the best treatment, the best food, and that's because you're going in there expressing that gratitude, expressing that love, showing people. And those are the things that you can do that bring happiness to yourself and to others. So it it's really important when you're trying to, you know, keep hope alive that you do these little things. Control your stress. And try to build happiness. The, the another another thing you can do that, um, and this is something that I'm really not good with. So I, I actually read this and I thought it was a good idea, and I wanted to throw it out there, even though I really can't speak to any experience with this because I'm. That's just not how my brain works yet. Um, is is setting goals. Now, obviously, I have a goal of, you know, changing the world, but that's not really like I can't. <laughs> I have to do little things. So my goals, if you want to talk about me setting goals, my goals is to make enough videos 
in in my TikTok account that I can put out three a day. Uh, that's 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 a goal that I have. My goal is to get a, a new podcast episode out once every two weeks, and hopefully get enough listeners that at some point in time, and and then start bringing people in to do interviews and stuff like that. That I'll be able to do, you know, once a week again. That would be awesome to 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 be able to put out more of more podcasts and be able to talk for longer periods of time. So, setting goals, but this is the important part achievable goals, attainable goals, goals that matter. Don't, not just, just silly things, just, you know, oh, I want to, you know, like I want to drink four cans of soda a day. That's not a goal, right? That's just what you do because, you know, you don't believe in your health. Um, but (laughs) I'm not judging. I drink, I drink soda too. So, uh, but no, you, it's just one of those things where you want to have attainable goals that are going to help you move in a direction, so like I said, for me, it's it's making these videos, it's working on the podcast. These are my goals. These are the things that I'm working on every single day. Uh, and I'm trying to, you know, I, the, the reason why they're kind of a little bit out there is because I, there's not an end goal, right? I, I don't, the end goal is forever away. That's never going to, I may not even see that, but every day I have the, those goals of three videos and I try to read or at least look up a quote or something about the topic of the podcast. Every day I do that. So if you can, if you can start to establish those little things that you can do, the day by day goals, you know, even if it's something as simple as, like I said before, if, if you're having a problem with depression or you're having a problem with, you know, just not being motivated, set the goal of every day, you're going to get up at whatever time, you know, set a time, say 9am, you're going to get up at 9am, you're going to go get, you know, get your coffee or whatever, and you're going to shower, you know, brush your teeth, you're going to, you know, do all the things that, that you need to do to get up and start to feel motivated and start to feel better. Even if you don't have anything to do, even if you like, maybe you don't have a job, maybe you don't, maybe you're, you know, whatever, but you just do those things anyway. Like you don't have to get dressed up in a business suit. You can just get in other clothes, but just, just go through the, the, the things in the day that motivate you. And what you'll find is that a lot of times you'll get up and you'll be, you'll get out and do all the stuff and then you'll be like, Oh, I don't have anything to do. And so what you do is you go out and you go for a walk or you go out and you, and, and you'll find yourself accidentally being productive <laughs> just by accomplishing goals like that. And trust me, I am accidentally productive, accidentally productive a lot more than I'd care to admit. And this next one is um, probably one of the more difficult things to do, but this is something that um, I have I I have really found in these past few months uh, to be the most important for me, um, and I think it probably will be for most of you. And this this next one is <laughs> try as hard as you can to be as honest and open as you can with the people closest to you, your your best friends, if you have you know, a, a parent that you look up to that you, you have a good relationship with, um, you, you know, siblings that you really love, um, people that you trust and that, you know, believe in you. Now that can be difficult for some people. And I know that. And I, 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 I'm sorry to even bring it up for those of you that are having, you know, that, those kind of issues where you just don't feel like you can trust anybody or you feel alone. And if that's the case, reach out to me, you know, I'll talk to you. We, we can be friends. I, I am here for you. If, if that's the case, if you feel alone and you feel unloved or where you don't feel like you have somebody to confide in or to guide you, help me. I will help you. You know, help me help you to Jerry Maguire, that thing. But 
the reason why this is important is you really want to be able to build um, a network of people. You want to be able to build uh, a kind of a backbone for what you're doing. Uh, for me, you know, my my kids for the most part don't really care about the stuff that I'm doing. Like they 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 know about it. But when I have had moments where I've been emotional or I needed to talk to them about it, I have been able to. Uh, I have been able to. They're not really receptive to the the day-to-day stuff, and they think I'm kind of silly doing all the videos and stuff, but uh, they have been supportive. Um, the the other people, my mom is a huge fan of me, <laughs> and it, it, it pushes me, and it drives me, and it makes me want to do more. And I, you know, she doesn't necessarily understand the ins and outs of all the video making and all this stuff, but I know that she appreciates it. I know that she watches what she can, and, you know, it's it's one of those things where I know that if I went to her at any time and I said, okay, I need help with this, or I'm having a hard time being motivated, my mom would be the first to, you know, give me, give me a pep talk. My sister a little bit less, but, uh, you know, these are people in my life that, that I have, I've kind of formed the foundation for what I'm doing. And really even more so than those, uh, my, my two best friends, um, I've been friends with them both for 30 plus years and they have, uh, on multiple occasions, um, said the, the things that have mattered the most to me. Uh, uh, one of the, th- one of the sentiments that has really driven me, um, and has really, uh, empowered me, uh, came from all, f- well, I have, I have two friends that I'm in constant contact with, like every week I talk to them. And I have another one that I don't talk to as often, but all three of them, when I first started to do the TikTok and the podcast, uh, when I first started even talking about it, all three of them in separate conversations said the same thing. And it was, it was one of those moments where I realized that it was kind of like confirmation, uh, of, of what I was doing and the direction I was going in. And so I would, you know, I'd, whether it be through text or whatever, I would be having this conversation telling them, okay, so this is what I'm thinking about doing. I'm going to do this TikTok. I really want to start spreading this message. You know, I really feel, and every, all three of them all said, it is really, really good to have you back. All of them had seen, all of them had lived through years and years of me being depressed. And all of them had seen me before that depression hit me. And so for them, me being passionate about something, me wanting to do something like this, me being, you know, positive and excited was they got to recall who I used to be. And in that moment, that's when I realized that, you know, especially for like the TikTok channels, things like that, that my my way to the future is by bridging that gap through that depression. I have to be able to tell those stories. I have to be able to make people understand how I got, you know, how I went from somebody that people really looked up to, somebody that people considered to be a leader, to somebody that was sad and alone and crying out and ready to end himself. Uh, how that that descent happened, and then how I'm where I'm at now. So you know, it's really important for me that their sentiment is is always in my mind. That that is the network. That is the the fallback is the people in my life that are saying, hey, welcome back. Because 
they understand the value that I once had and the value that I am trying as hard as I can to find again. And it, you know, it can be difficult. It it truly is difficult, but, um, you know, every day I'm setting these goals, I'm, I'm accomplishing these things and I'm trying to push not just myself, but others in a, in a positive direction. And I'm trying to make a difference in this world. The last thing we're going to talk about here and the last thing that you really can do, and this is, oh man, this is, this is the hardest one of, of any of these things that you can really do to work on, on, you know, maintaining your, your hope. Um, and that is, (laughs) this is, I feel like such a hypocrite even saying it. You, You really need to, um, start to control your negativity and stop doubting yourself. Um, there is nothing that is going to stop you from accomplishing or maintaining your dreams faster than yourself. There is no outside interference that is going to destroy what you're trying to build quicker and easier than you will. There is nothing out there, no person, no thing that will do more damage to you than you can in a very short amount of time if you allow yourself to. Allowing yourself to fall into those pits of depression, allowing yourself to ruminate over things that you can't control, allowing yourself to believe that you are not good enough or you are not capable enough, allowing yourself to believe what others may tell you that that feeds into that negativity instead of believing in what you're doing and finding that positive energy and that light that is there to guide you, you, you know, you allow others to kind of mess with your head. Any of that is going to stifle your ability to move forward, your ability to change your life, your ability to continue to push through whatever you're trying to do, whatever you're hopeful for. It is very, 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 very exceedingly uh, difficult to fight the world and yourself. It's impossible, really. You have to have, you have to have your own back. You have to believe in yourself. And to a lot of people in this world, believing in yourself will look like arrogance. It'll look like bravado. It'll look like undeserved confidence because they don't understand it. They can't, they can't begin to understand how anybody could be so, you know, they just think they're right. You know, that's, that's, I hear that a lot. I, I actually have heard that. Somebody has said that to me multiple times over the past few months. You just think you're right about everything. Well, no, I don't, but I'm confident in what I'm seeing and what I'm saying. And I believe in myself enough that uh, if I say something or I set myself on a path or I'm trying to give somebody advice um, that, you know, I, I spend a lot of time working on it. I, I have every right to be confident. And I'm not going to let somebody's doubting, somebody's naysaying affect that. You know, if, if you get up every day and you go outside and you shoot 100 jump shots on a basketball hoop. You're going to be pretty good at it after a while. And when somebody comes out and they start telling you, 
You know, if you hit a, if you hit a hundred of a hundred and you have somebody come in and start telling you, I don't know why you're so confident about that. I mean, are you, I, cause I work at it cause that's what I do. I get up every day and I do that. I get up every day over the last three months, three plus months. I've gotten up every day and almost without fail, I've gone out and I've sat and I've recorded videos or I've talked to somebody uh, on, you know, in indirect messages or I've, I've engaged with people in other ways um, where I know that I'm having a profound and positive impact on their life. I'm very, very proud of what I've done for these past three months. And I know that there is a ton more to come and I'm excited for it. So (laughs) I just sit here and I think about these people in my life that have told me that, you know, they basically, they don't believe in what I'm doing or they don't believe in my ability to do it. Or, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to partake in, in, in the quest, if you will. And that's fine. I've, you know, if you're doing your own thing, I get that. But for a lot of these people, it's just a matter of doubt. They just cannot believe that I'm, you know, I'm so arrogant to think that I could do this, that I, who are you to change the world? That's the sentiment. Well, I'm me. And I'm the only me that exists. And I don't think like other people. I don't feel like other people. I don't, I don't talk like other people. And so my voice is going to be heard because I don't sound like anybody else. The things I say aren't like anybody else. And I feel really good about that. And, you know, a lot of you, I know some of you from TikTok that listen to the podcast, a lot of you have given me that confidence. A lot of you have instilled that confidence in me and have made me feel really, really fucking good about myself. And not in a way that's unhealthy where I'm, you know, I think I'm like the second coming or anything, but in a way that I just feel like I can make a difference. And I have made a difference. You've told me I've made a difference. And I appreciate that more than you can possibly understand. So when you're going through trying to maintain your hope, trying to remember what it is you're fighting for, trying to stay determined in your path, you have to you have to start to you have to start to destroy the parts of yourself that that don't like yourself. And I mean that I mean that word destroy. I mean that. I, I'm not, it sounds aggressive to people, I know, but I mean that. You have to start to kill that shit. You have to stop doubting yourself. And you, these people around you that are going to feed that doubt, do not let them feed that doubt. Indignant. Defiant. Fight that. That's, that's your new enemy. Your new enemy is the, your own self-doubt and the people around you that want to feed that doubt with their jealousy and their lack of understanding and their inability to see the goals or the desires that you have. It's not your job to pull everybody with you all the time. And that's really hard for me to say because that's my inclination. But you can leave the door open. You leave the door open for these people. You approach them and yourself with love, grace, understanding, appreciation, and everything will work out in the end. 
That's one thing I can promise you. I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up now. I think we're, uh, we've, we've pretty much covered most of what I wanted to talk about and even some stuff I didn't really want to talk about. <laughs> but, uh, I think we're going to go out with another quote. Um, and this one is, uh, by a Stoic, a Greek Stoic philosopher, uh, not, not necessarily well known for a lot of people, but, uh, his name was Epictetus, Epictetus, uh, and, um, kind of a weird word to say, kind of a weird name to say, I should say. Um, but we're going to, we're going to go ahead and end it there with, uh, with a quote by Epictetus. And, uh, it is really, I don't know, for me, it kind of hit home. I, I, I found this quote actually, it was this, it was in a book that I have, I've actually had for, I don't know, like 20 years, 25 years. It's just a book of quotes. And I was, I was, uh, I didn't want to sit at my computer and I was just flipping through this book, which I, you know, I don't, I don't tend to use the books. A lot of times I'll just use the computer to find quotes and things like that. So I, I have these books though that I have, I kind of go through and I reference. And I was, um, I was sitting there thinking about, okay, well, the episode is going to be about hope and I have to come up with something. I have to come up with these quotes because that's what I do. That I like to do it. And, um, so I just went through reading and, and for some reason this was not, this was not in the, the hope, the hope section or anything like that. I don't know. I don't know why, but it, it struck me as a, a quote that should very much be about hope. Uh, and he said, um, be careful to leave your sons well instructed rather than rich for the hopes of the instructed are better than the wealth of the ignorant. And I know that uh, maybe that was, you know, maybe it was in more of a like, you know, lessons to pass on whatever section. But, uh, to me, that quote defines what hope can be for us and how powerful it can be. So I'm going to read that one more time. Be careful to leave your sons well instructed rather than rich for the hopes of the instructed are better than the wealth of the ignorant. The reason why I want to go out with that quote is because when we talk about, when I sit here and I, I, I wax poetically about my goal here with the podcast and I talk about the hope that I have and I, and I, I didn't touch on a lot of the negative stuff. I, I did, I'm going to full transparency here. I did record a part of this, this episode that was a lot more negative. Um, I did not, I, I cut it out. Um, and that's one of the reasons why the episode came out a day later is because I went through and I was listening to it and I didn't want to leave people with hopelessness. I, I know that it's important that people understand the negative sides of it. But in the world we live in today and the way things are, I didn't want to bring people down with that. And so just being completely transparent here, this is actually, this is actually me going in and recording over something else because I I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to do that to folks. You know what hopelessness is. You felt what hopelessness is and you know the truth of the world. You can look around anywhere and see that that feeling that people have. You, you, you feel it yourself. And, you know, we're fighting against that. 
this quote hit me because so many people in the world today have fallen prey to the idea that, you know, if you just get out and you do the things that require you're required to do to make the money that somehow that's winning. That's, that's, that's the, the be all end all goal. And don't get me wrong. Having money would be great. I mean, I wouldn't know, but having money would be, would be phenomenal. It'd be a wonderful thing. But you know, it's said that money doesn't, uh, doesn't, uh, I can't remember the quote right now. I can't believe I just blinked on that. Uh, money doesn't, uh, change character. It reveals it. Um, you know, I, I know myself well enough to know that if this thing blows up and I start making money or I start to, you know, people start to know me or whatever, I'm going to still be who I am because I don't know any other way to be. Um, and so the idea of this quote of passing on good instructions, you know, how to be, who to be, how to behave, how to love, how to appreciate the, the lessons that I'm, I'm trying to really spread now the, the, the message that I'm trying to spread. These are the things that matter. The money that gets passed on the, the, all of the things that go with it, all of the things that go with, you know, society and fame, especially on social media, uh, all of these kind of cheap things, they don't, they don't equal success, true success in a, in a generational way. You know, I'm, I'm not here for me. I'm not here making this podcast for me. I'm not here talking about all of these things for me. I'm here because I want to see a change on a much larger scale than just me. I can only do so much. You can only do so much. But if we do what we can do, we can make a difference in this world. And that's what that quote meant to me. That's how I read that, is if I take my sons and my daughter, I mean, obviously back then they didn't didn't factor that in, but um, if I take my children and I teach them the right way to live their lives with honesty and love and positivity and appreciation and acceptance that I've done my job and, and it, it will work out. It may not work out for me in my life, but it will work out for them because they are leading with the, the principles and the, and the, the pillars of being the best possible people they can be. They are getting the advantage of starting life with all of that inside of them. And that's not to say that life won't beat them down and that they won't lose their way or that they won't, you know, step off the path from time to time, but they will be successful with those things. And I don't mean financially, just in life. They will be happier and they will bring joy to the world. But if you just have money, if you just have fame, if you just have power, those are all great to a certain degree. But they're not they're not going to equal change. And they're they're not going to make I mean, think about the billionaires that we have in this world. Think about the people that have millions and millions and millions of dollars. And think about the state of the world today. Those people are not making it better. Those people are not making it a better place. They could. They have the means. They have the ability, but they don't. So you're talking about people that haven't learned what's important. And then you have people like me who have nothing. 
I just have my voice. People like you that listen to this, and all you have is your voice. And all we don't have the resources. We don't have the ability to do what these people do. But we can speak up, we can speak out, and we can help and try and do to make changes in, the li- in our lives and the people around us that will bring hope and courage into this world. And if we do enough of it, and enough of us are doing it, we will change this world together. We will. I promise you. It will happen. Thank you all very much for listening. I know that I probably went a little bit long on this one, but uh, yeah, just got to get it out. You know what I mean? Uh, two weeks from now, um, we'll, we'll get out another episode. I, I'm still up in the air on the topic, but um, I will let everybody know on TikTok as soon as I nail it down. Um, I've got a lot of reading to do, so there's a lot that um, is going to change. Um, also, something to be excited about, um, I've had a few people now uh, mention uh, possibly coming on and doing an interview. If I do interview episodes uh, on this podcast, those episodes will be longer. I'm not going to be able to do a real interview in an hour. So uh, those episodes will be longer in length and hopefully more engaging (laughs) um, than just hearing me talk for an hour. So I just wanted to give everybody a heads up. It's still, you know, everything's loosey-goosey. There's no nothing being nailed down just yet. But um, this podcast that you, you're hearing now, just like the podcast that you, episode one, they're growing and they're changing. And I'm trying new things and different things each time. At some point soon, very soon, I'm going to be recording the podcast live. Um, and I will be streaming it on TikTok and possibly even on Twitch or YouTube. Um, so that's something, uh, for those of you that are, may, may want to watch that, um, that's something that I will be doing. Uh, not, that, not as soon as I'd like it. I would, I would like it to be the next one, but it's probably, we're probably talking, I'd say a month, month and a half before I can, I can get it done. But, uh, that is something that we're going to do. Uh, now you'll see everything then I'm going to, I'm not going to hide how like my, my process is for creating uh, so it can be a little, you know, it'll be a little boring cause I have to kind of stop and, you know, check my notes and things like that as I'm recording. But, um, I just want to let everybody know that that is something that is going to be happening very soon. So we've got guests coming up. We've got, uh, live recording of the podcast, uh, coming up and, uh, yeah, I mean, things are changing and we're going to try to get this message out and be, uh, as positive as we can be. Thank you all very much. I very much appreciate it. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I'll talk to you very, very soon.